Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Marketing Home, Marketing You. I'm your host, Barbara Savona of Sprout Marketing, and this episode is all about AI. That's right, artificial intelligence and how it's influencing multifamily housing. At all the conferences I've been to this year, that's what everyone is talking about. But my question is, how do we make it practical? How is it affecting leasing? How will it affect management, maintenance, even our marketing teams and beyond? So my guest today is John Gonzalez. He is the VP of Marketing and Customer Experience with the iTex Group. Now, I came across John on one of my favorite podcasts, Transforming Cities with Chris Arnold. If you haven't checked it out, make sure that you do. And I knew just hearing John and the way he was already experimenting with AI and different technologies that this was a conversation we would have to have. Now, John is a really interesting individual because not only is he a guru when it comes to multifamily marketing, he's also an influencer on TikTok, but not for multifamily. It's all about fragrance. So check out the show notes, make sure that you follow John, see how he's producing really incredible top-notch content. But without further ado, this episode is going to do three things. What are the practical applications for AI? Number two, what are the potential landmines that we need to be aware of? And three, is AI taking my job? So with that, let's tune into my conversation with John Gonzalez of the iTechs Group. Welcome to the Marketing Home, Marketing You podcast. Week after week, Barbara Savona of Sprout Marketing brings you quality conversations with industry leaders, mini marketing workshops, and step-by-step guides on everything marketing, business, and career growth. So grab a cup of coffee and get ready for some outside-the-box ideas from the girl that lives inside the shipping container box. John, I've been looking forward to this day. Thank you so much, and welcome to the Marketing Home, Marketing You podcast. Thank you, Barbara. I'm excited to be on. I love podcasts, and so I get to see all your fun ones, and now I finally get to participate. This is going to be so good, and the crazy thing is you and I both love podcasts. I first listened to your interview with Chris Arnold on Transforming Cities, and I was like, okay, I want to have you on. I loved hearing all about your journey, and I think if people want to hear the backstory of kind of what got you to here, that's a great episode. I'll link to it in the show notes, but today we're going to be talking about something that I know is just a passion that is merging with what you're doing, and that is technology and AI. So can I just start by asking, when did you start getting interested or just start playing around with AI and the capabilities that it has for multifamily housing? It would probably be whenever ChatGPT first was launched. I think I got a text message from our CEO, Chris Ackberry, who like he is like the front runner. He leads the pact and technology adoption. He'll send us hey, check out this free webinar related to machine learning. And he'll send that to some of our analysts and myself. But it's always fun to see that like from the top up of the organization that we have a lot of runway to, to adopt some technology. So I believe that might have been in October, November when it was first launched in beta. And so I was playing around with it and I was shocked at just the reasoning and the capabilities behind it. And then sure enough, like within a few months, everybody started adopting some form of API integration, Google Chrome browser, email writing. And then it wasn't until later where we're just like taking a step back and seeing how is this going to affect our everyday world and how can we like integrate it into iTechs? Yeah. And what I have appreciated, why I wanted you specifically on this episode is 
that from that point on, I started watching your LinkedIn content and you just were showing almost your experimental process of playing with AI, seeing how it could work. And already, I love when people can fuse together, okay, here's what it's doing in this industry and how we could potentially do it. And it seems like your brain really works like that. Like you like to look outside and then bring it back in. Am I reading that right? No, you're absolutely right. And like another way to look at it is I am not high in development proficiency. So for coding, I'm very novice. And so AI is one of those few things that is actually going to bridge that gap between somebody who may not know coding and we just have to work with a lot more plugins, a lot more systems. But the learning curve that used to be there for any industry is getting reduced. And myself, like I've learned more about affordable housing compliance this year than I have the past five years. And it's my industry. It's my niche. But like same thing for other people. If you wanted to develop an AI that's specifically for executive coaching, you could set it up and you could become your new power self, best version of yourself, just using AI. That is so cool. So after just in the scheme of where we're at with our industry, we've had the AIM conference, TAA, NAA just passed. We were talking earlier about Optech being up, coming up. A lot, even from, it's interesting, even from when I went to AIM to NAA, the conversation around AI already has changed. And it was just like a month and a half apart. And I know it'll continue to evolve. A lot is still in concept. Here's how we could use it. Here's how we're starting to play with it. What my goal today for the conversation was, let's, how do we make it practical? How do we look at practical applications that will obviously continue to evolve? So for this conversation today, I think our listeners can hear from your perspective and I'll throw in a few things too on practical applications, potential landmines, and then Let's end by asking that question that I think is floating around in a lot of people's mind, which is, will AI replace my job and how can I be a partner with it instead of an enemy? So can we start with practical application? And I want to leave it up to you because I know that you've given this thought in a, from the, from a big picture perspective, getting a little more granular, where do you want to start as terms of practical application? Who is AI for? I'd say AI is for everyone. Like every single business owner who's looking to reduce burden on site staff. I think in the theme of centralization, you're going to hear AI a lot more often, but you might not hear it as often in the context of we take some work away from the repetitive task and now we can focus more on the customer experience or the customer journey or better branding. And so there's some things that AI can't do or can't fix right. or enhance, but I think everybody essentially is going to have to have some form of proficiency mm-hmm. uh, with just general AI in their resume. So I think, especially in multifamily, knowing the protections that you want to make sure that you are aware of like privacy, security controls, but from leasing to maintenance to admin and support all the way through operations and technology, see this being an everyone, everybody, all hands on deck, how we integrate it. That's exciting. So let me think I'm a leasing professional. I'm sitting here. I'm hearing about AI because I'm probably not going to a lot of these conferences. I'm hearing it secondhand. I'm hearing it from LinkedIn. What if you were sitting in the leasing seat right now, how would you, John, be using AI? I remember some scenarios whenever I was on site 
And I forgot what the role was, but it was back when one of my first early jobs in property management. And sure enough, there would be a voicemail machine and it would mostly be full of angry residents. And one of the things that I take a lot of time in that I wish I could just speed through, which I finally am starting to, is how to respond to these extremely sensitive topics with residents that are angry. You want to show empathy. You want to be apologetic and show sincerity. And so also you want to make sure you reflect that brand voice that you have for your company or brand management. And so you have a lot more, you could speed up that process that you can work with residents in those angry tenants in it scenarios. I love that you started there last, maybe two weeks ago, I sent an email to our email list and I said, look, here's a great prompt how to explain to a resident that you cannot waive late fees, but still show empathy and concern for what they're going through, but explain that that, that late fees are a part of keeping the rhythm and the health of the financial health of the company. And after a couple of times of prompting it, it came back with a response that I would feel really good about. And I was thinking to this conversation that once you have something that you really love, it's like, what about building this great database, like you're saying, templates that you can use? Because we're facing, at least I remember when I was leasing, a lot of this, they're similar. They're maybe a, a little nuance and you might have to just change something, but they're similar situations. So if you're not a super, maybe that's something that you struggle with is showing that empathy it's amazing how just a few wording changes and a tone adding in that you'd like this tone of voice, how it can, mm -hmm. help. it almost teaches you how to really show that level of empathy in the best way. Yeah. And in any language, if you're getting Google reviews and in a language that you're not proficient in, we could technically le leverage AI to get that same sentiment and brand voice in a different language. That is so true. So I know you and I've talked like Spanish, we speak it, but sometimes mm -hmm. With, even with you, you don't necessarily like a Google translation is very cut and dry. And sometimes it doesn't have the nuances. So that would be interesting to see how AI can filter in those different nuances in different languages. But I would still say probably make sure that you're double checking to make sure things don't get a little weird, right? Oh, definitely. <laughs> I would say you're for the scenarios where you're always repetitive in the response types, like for most of ours, like maybe most property management companies like reviews that have little to no content besides on them, besides the actual ranking or rating, you're probably going to re revert to a boilerplate message of, Hey, we'd love to get a bit more feedback because we want to improve your customer experience. Yeah. Please contact us at this property name, email, and things like that. Yeah. But for the scenarios where you know, there's a lot more content and they need a lot more finesse. And I would say, yeah. AI is imperfect, so we definitely want to have some review. So it's a way to speed up things that we're doing already and just to improve upon and continue to learn. So we talked a little bit about leasing. Those are scenarios. I also see like emails and things that are, again, those repetitive tasks, follow up, those nurtures. Do you see a property manager or an assistant manager able to use AI in their day-to-day? -day? I definitely think so. One of the recent scenarios that we put together was um, just through a chat GPT plugin. We wanted to see how it would handle a market survey and how it would analyze our cost per square footage against the comps. Okay. Now this isn't something that we would just run with, but it's great to have that an, a, set, a sounding board that we could just interrogate with, Hey, this is my cost per square footage. This is what the upcoming 
deliverable of units are in my market. And it gives you another breadth of context that you may not have had previously. Yeah, that's so true. I was actually on a conversation with someone else talking on this topic, and they had talked about how they're using AI to visualize data. So even seeing like commonalities and like, why are certain units sitting so long when they visualize it, like when using different AI plugins that actually help turn that data into visuals, they're able to stack and say, is it something about the tour router? Is it something about the way that it's positioned? different things like that, where seeing a list of data versus seeing a visual of it is giving them a different perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I think property managers also, they probably deal with more resident, I guess it would be issues with residents that are probably higher in scale of severity. And so similar to how you would handle sentiment, you might be even be able to analyze incoming emails based on sentiment. Um, we see Gmail integrating AI probably within the next few months. If your company operates on Google, uh, Microsoft, a lot of companies are finding ways to integrate AI into your everyday email responses. And then you could just say, I want to respond with this type of sentiment, shorten it, lengthen it. So the managers may not know how to use it completely, but I think with a short training, they can definitely utilize it to leverage the speed that they have to handle that inbox. Yeah. John, as you're talking, this is what was exciting to me about this conversation is just ideation that comes through our conversation. I'm thinking too, you know, how you, when you have a brand and you, we create a lot of brand books for people and it's, this is the typography you use. This is the tone of voice, all of that. And I'm thinking through like for a manager, what is the tone of voice if a brand creates, if a property manager or a management company creates almost like a prompt guideline with tone Mm -hmm. sentiment. So the manager might be a little bit different than what the company persona is. And would you, could you see something like that? Like a tool as almost, this is our manual for how we help prompt it. And these are key words of sentiment tone that we're using. Yeah, I see. And maybe we would just be in my mind, I'm thinking every role is unique. And so guardrails or prompt specific scenarios are definitely going to be needed. Yeah. And then within those, if you're just using ChatGPT, then definitely that's the way you have to utilize it. But it may not even be necessary if there's going to be a technology down the road, an app down the road that automatically plugs into your title role. And then it just automatically knows who you are and the the tone that it needs to be based off the property. And at the speed that it is changing, that might be sooner than we think. So. Yeah. I could also see it being a leasing differentiator. We're always trying to find little ways to add that personal touch. And something I share with my team, like we use Help Scout as our email system. And they always send like these ridiculous jokes when you finish your, you get out of your inbox and it's like clean and you look forward to it. And I'm thinking you could even use chat GPT as like ways to infuse humor into your emails or different if somebody told you they love Seinfeld during a tour and you sign off with something that they would resonate it's like the speed to allowing that connectivity I see it less about removing connection and more about making the connection more meaningful definitely one thing that AI has exposed for me is I was horrible at writing subject lines because once I yeah once I asked AI to give me like five options based on the subject of my email I was like wow I've never thought about writing it this good before and now all my subject lines are, I usually go through 10 just to see what AI would suggest. Yeah. And it does a great job. I mean, it, the subject line is the first piece of real estate that you see with your eyes in the email inbox. And so 
the ability to have AI analyze it is valuable. That is so cool. I also see that then translating to like your video hooks, like that you're using for social, because it's it's essentially the same thing. Like it's what I'm leading with. I've been using something called headline analyzer, and I know there's an AI component, and I love that it tells me like you're using too many boring words and your tone of voice is a little blah and all of these things. And you sometimes you change and you say, add a how to add a number three in here. And it gives you these little tips and you're exactly right. It's like, how cool to know that our message can get through with just these small tweaks that we have the power of all this data to, to help us with. So what do you think about maintenance? We've talked about the manager and the leasing role. Is there room for maintenance in AI? I think there is a huge use of, of maintenance in AI. Some solutions we're working on internally is giving every maintenance employee a, a phone number to text in case they have issues or questions. Okay. And on the other side, we have an AI chat bot that can give them answers or a video reference for the issue that they're dealing with. And if a, yeah, we've played around with like funny scenarios like, hey, there's a purring noise coming out of my AC unit. And chat GPT is like, you may want to double check that there isn't uh, an animal, but here's the, like the five steps that you should go through and just to double check that there's uh-huh. a, a safety concern. But it, it's great. Like once you train or add context to a knowledge base or your prompt, it can enhance the skill set of all your maintenance team. And again, in any language. So if a maintenance guy wants to text the phone number with, I have a good year capacitor, fluctuator, freon scenario. If you have that knowledge base internally where you've already fed it through to chat GPT or some form of large language model, now your entire maintenance team can be reinforced with that AI, whether it's a tech solution, a chat solution, and it just helps reduce that learning curve. That is so cool. It's like your assistant in your pocket and as you were saying that, I'm thinking to myself, because I, I taught a class one time on customer servants to maintenance, and I taught it in Spanish. The group was predominantly Spanish speaking. And I remember one of the biggest challenges that they shared was that even relating to their manager, certain challenges that they were having, like it wasn't translating. So I'm thinking, what a cool thing that you could, even as a maintenance man, say, here's a challenge that I'm having. How can I explain this in a way to someone to explain the financial or the challenges? Like, what a cool bridger of even communication gaps. And like mm-hmm. someone that doesn't have experience maybe in talking to managers, like, what are the points that are important to a manager that I could share why I need to do this or why this is? It's like almost learning the, the key prompts that affect other people. Absolutely. And then we're only looking at this at, at a property level, but if you look at it or at an organization where if your organization has built something for this, and now you can see across the scope of all of your maintenance staff members on where they may need more training on, yeah. or where they may need to be more equipped, or outside of that, you could also look at AI for inventory management. As long as you have good categories and subcategories in your property management system, you can look at what historical changes or what to expect inventory. That's so cool. Okay. We saved marketing towards the end of this grouping because we can totally geek out. Like I, mm-hmm. let's talk marketing. How do you see marketing almost like propelling themselves forward with AI? Man, marketing, I think is just going to be 
it's going to be a busy year. So there's a ton that this is the, probably the first year where we've had a buffet of like software solutions that it's just hard to pick from. So review automation, finding ways and setting. And now we look at, we want safeguards and rails, but we also don't want to like make everything we're now having to micromanage AI. So making decisions internally to say, okay, under these three scenarios, we can say AI has 100% control of answering these reviews under these circumstances. Everything else still use AI to leverage. And then you really are now just only answering or responding to 20% of the review, but still having AI as a co-pilot. So it just really increases the capacity there. And the speed to answering things. So things are not sitting there. And then there's not that pressure of, oh my gosh, things are sitting there. We know it's getting responded to. And then it allows you to have that focus on the things that are maybe, like you said, more nuanced. Absolutely. And the quality. If I was to write to the same quality degree and inconsistency, it, it wouldn't be as fast or as good. So if you're a marketing person and maybe there's a little bit of a fear of, oh my gosh, AI, there's a lot that it can do now. What are the nuances do you think that are more like partnership versus replacing? I think video in video is a lot more of a partnership than in replacing because I don't see too many people or maybe there are, but I don't see very many organizations that just have dedicated people to do color grading. Yeah. Like they go into the video and they like, they make sure that the colors of everybody's skin is visually enhanced. I think that could just be a partnership like, your marketing coordinator can now just automatically use AI to enhance the color of all their videos. Yeah. Now, the other thing is editing. We're in a phase where one of the changes to video editing has been, I think this is the first year where we've seen video editing to come through as text-based video editing, where you can just edit the content of the transcripts and it edits the actual live video. That to me has been the biggest game changer. So I use that for my podcast. Yeah. And it is just amazing that you can literally just take out a sentence and you're not messing with an audio bar or anything like that. And it's boom, cut out. You can take out the ums. You Should we just tell people right now, John, that this, that we're actually AI, these are actual AIs. It, it's you and I aren't even here today. Yeah. We can tell people that we're just AIs and all the highlight reels that you see were AI generated. And That's that would right. probably be majority true. I'm actually on a beach right now on vacation. This is mm -hmm. all AI. No, yeah. that's so cool. I, I, that to me was a huge, exciting leap this year in content creation is the ability to do that. It's making things so much more accessible. Like you said, I love video, but video editing has always been a cumbersome thing because you either have to find someone, it's very labor intensive. And now the ability to make some tweaks like that in just a few minutes is insane. Yeah, I would say... What we'll probably see in the next year is a lot of recycled content in a different format. Yeah. And so companies that have went have gone heavy in video over the past few years and video recording and even long form format, they could just feed those con that content, that YouTube video directly into AI and have it create reels, have it create and analyze the best sections, the best hooks with captions. That's so, yeah. that's pretty cool to think about the fact that it can take that whole process and almost systemize 90% of it. Yeah. So that's probably my least favorite part of things I've done before is video editing. And especially whenever you're having to like use a different audio source with a video source and having to sync them. Yeah. And then if things aren't lining up or you didn't have the right cue marks, and now we could just 
tell AI to enhance the audio, enhance the color, we can now text-based edit or just feed the video to AI to cut and clean up. And then, yeah, you're right. Probably 80 to 90% of it is just condensed and clean for us. Absolutely. I'm excited to see that too. And I think if I was a marketer, one thing I would think about with all this content that we'll be able to be repurposed, the accessibility is to continue to hone your voice so that things still remain true to your tone. You can elevate the content, you can elevate the quality, but having those unique thoughts and unique perspectives to me, that's where having a strong brand and a strong voice, whether it's a personal brand or it's a company brand, I feel like that's in a way like we're going to see some almost a dividing of who's just recycling junk and who's actually taking really quality content and making it better to stand out as that like top tier cream of the crop. Absolutely. That's what the exciting part is. I feel like it's, it may give us some opportunity to repurpose content. It's really going to push the envelope for people to create something unique and different. And then there's theories out there on that. Maybe eventually people will get so tired of the perfectly cut videos that people are just going to want long form and they're going to want to hear the uhs and ums and and likes and repetitive pauses because I if, if, we should visit that again because i think it's going to be the same thing it's like everything old becomes new it's like getting a handwritten note now feels special because nobody ever gets one yeah i mean we've we'll probably clean up so much audio language that people are going to that human connection of somebody is actually not perfectly editing out all the minor details. So we'll hit it hard with the perfect. And then right when everybody gets right before they get sick of it, we'll do a quick about face, take off the filter, let them see what's really going on. And it just mm -hmm. kind of shows how we'll stay adaptable to, I think it's going to be interesting to watch. So can we talk a little bit, you have a unique perspective on affordable. How are you seeing this play into, you tease to it a little bit about just the knowledge base, but how is that playing into what you're doing? Yeah. So here at ITEX, we've put together all our knowledge related to affordable housing. Some of it's public. Obviously, HUD produces tons of content material related to affordable housing. And then some of it's private. We do create our own content related to household scenarios or things that we've seen related to housing programs. But we've made it so that we have an internal chat bot that is trained on affordable housing compliance. And so assuming like you don't know anything and the person you have to reach out to is a compliance expert. So you're chatting with a compliance expert on the other line. And one of my favorite stories is our director of training. He did a demo of it on one of the orientations to the class. It's a class full of future property managers that cover properties that have tax credit or HUD compliance. And he asked them, I think the chatbot, like, hey, what should I do before I remove somebody from the waiting list for a tax credit property? microseconds, it gives us the answers, like the steps that you need to follow for the protocol, for the program. And the property managers are sitting there like, who's on the other side of this? Who is this, who's <laughs> who is this person that's answering this that fast? <laughs> uh, and it, it's on, honestly, it's just our internal training and public training. And because of that data set that we can now make every property manager have to worry less about getting the right answers, right? The first time we give them the context, the only thing they have to do is know how to ask. And that's probably going to be a learning curve itself because I've seen some of the questions that get asked to AI. And sometimes people aren't familiar with knowing how to engage with it. People just ask affordable housing. And it's, it's not a question. It's just more of a statement. 
but I think people, I think we'll need to learn um, what should I, what's what would be the best way to format a question to an AI bot trained on this specific data set? That's such a cool story because I was thinking I attended a class specifically on affordable and it was just a reminder. It's been years since I've been in that, how much the onsite managers and how many potential legal landmines they're in in affordable housing if they don't do certain things right. So that example is so perfect where it makes something like that accessible to someone that maybe before thought I could never remember all these rules and laws and procedures. Yeah. We don't want to gatekeep knowledge. We want everybody to be given a chatbot expert that can help guide them and improve their everyday work experience. And one thing I remember from TK, there was two topics that are related to affordable housing. So there's two big changes coming. I think one of them is called Inspire, which is the way they grade or assess the score of a property based on the quality of housing. So that's going to be a new scoring standard. And another one is called HOTMA. And so two big changes in affordable housing related to qualification, recertification. And so there's like this huge push right now in the training divisions of affordable housing to make sure everybody learns, getting all properties up to speed and making sure everybody understands the timing. We've just fed AI the, those changes and given that AI to our employees. We'll still follow the protocol of obviously we're going to have in-person training. We'll have virtual training, but we've had those changes that have been upcoming fed to our AI for, I want to say the past two months. Wow, that's so cool. And I think it just will give your team such confidence that they will be able to say, you know what, I'm going to, I at least know where I can go to. I feel sometimes that's what our onsite team struggle with is we put so many things in place. They don't know where to find stuff. This will be such a nice thing that they know where do I go to find the answers. That's to me half the battle. Yeah. And feeling like you might be wrong or looked at differently if you have the wrong answer or wrong question. And I feel AI doesn't judge us. And so it makes it the easy way to, to gauge responses or just to, to speak to someone that can give us the exact answer. So exciting to think about these things. And I think that one of the things that a lot of people are starting to talk about are what are the landmines that come? So lots of positive, we see lots of potential. Where do you see potential landmines or what we need to be aware of? AI isn't perfect. And we see that a lot more if you're using ChatGPT 3.5 and the term is hallucinations. So sometimes it just does not pick the right information or the reasoning behind it because it has either a bad data set, something corrupt, or just doesn't understand the context or the way the question was worded. It's not going to give us the right answer every time. There are much better improvements in ChatGPT 4, but that's not widely accessible. So that's a big one for people. How would you say for someone to, like they're using it, how do you verify data or what's a good way to be like, okay, is this actually what I need? The right mm -hmm. thing? Yeah. So depending on what you're asking it, one of the ways you can find out if it's like the right source is just some, there are some ways that you can find sources through ChatGPT or through BARD. Like you can request source access. Okay. Hey, where did you get this from your data source? Large language models are very protective over their data. And so they may not always share where they found it. I feel like BARD, which is like Google's version of ChatGPT, it does share it because it does have internet access. And so it can give us those sources of where it pulled that information. 
Okay, so something else you talked about in our poor managers and on-site teams is if they don't have enough to worry about. Now everybody can have a lawyer in their back pocket. How are you seeing this being a potential problem? Uh, so I think maybe previously um, residents or just any customers of any type haven't really had accessible resources to any legal advice. Just like how AI can have a training set of data based on a specific topic, we could see likely a lot of our future residents or existing residents have the resource of a lawyer just on their phone. Now, personal experience, I've used this. I've asked GBT4 to write me a legal letter demanding a refund specifically for a pay-per-view boxing event that I think because of the surge of demand, I didn't even get access to. Was that necessary? It may not have been, but I felt way better relying on ChatGPT to write a legal letter for me. And how did it come out? Was it a good outcome? Was the letter like what you needed? It was a perfect outcome. I didn't have to spend too much time on it. Didn't have to worry about it. And I think I got like the refund in like two to three business days. It was pretty quick. That is crazy. Yeah. I've been listening to some podcasts on different scenarios of how people are using this. And it's really causing a lot of companies to have to go back and look at making sure that they're really protecting certain aspects of their business as well. Yeah. So what about the, just the sheer changes? Like we talked about that. It's like, it's hard to keep up. Like at first it was just chat GPT. And now even on the trade show floors, like everybody has a component of AI. What are, how are you tackling learning, keeping current? If there's even such a thing, like that feels like a landmine a bit. Yeah, it is. And for the time being, like I let all our vendors know, or people that I speak with is like, flexibility is huge right now. The space is extremely dynamic. Everybody's like attaching AI here, ChatGPT uh -huh. here, or an API access to a cool tool. And flexibility is so important right now, especially in these dynamic times. I had one SEO agency that they pitched to me, and I was like, I'd love to hear what your terms are in terms of like contractual commitments because SEO is pretty dynamic with generative AI coming soon. Yep. And so things that used to be first premier listing is now being shoved down to like fifth or sixth or basically off a mobile device. And they're like, well, our contract minimums right now are at 24 months. It's like, I'm sorry. Like you're, you have to be flexible in this space and in this time. Yeah. Now I do see a lot more vendors in the multifamily space, basically making this a priority to finding some form of function. But the main thing is making sure that there's a protective measure so that Residents don't accidentally get sent. I think one funny scenario was like, if there aren't protective measures, you could have like somebody asking ChatGPT information that isn't rent rental specific. Like, how do I make a cocktail recipe? <laughs> Normally that'd be cool, but what if it's a minor? <laughs> or yeah, what are the protective measures to make sure that it is specifically only for your brand property and that there aren't any worst case scenario usages usage for it man there are so many things what kind of personal information do you not want to put in chat gpt any I think, right, I think right now is any you can speak on scenarios so that's what we typically go off of we speak like so like our property compliance specific scenarios about program what happens like under what circumstances can somebody transition from a top floor to a bottom floor under this program type now if you definitely want to make sure that there's protections because not every state is the same in terms of what private 
private information can or can't be shared. And sometimes prospects want to know where their information is going. Proprietary information, like if you are making your own app, you probably don't want to feed that code or anything to any large language model that can guarantee some form of privacy. Even then, I probably wouldn't do it. So don't do it. I would say yeah. just don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Okay. I love how your brain thinks on this. I'm so curious. Do you think AI is taking our jobs? Is this the new way? I think it's taking the jobs or the duties we don't want. So for me personally, like transcribing videos used to be pretty manual. So many more enhancements to make it automatic. Editing much more. So like the duties I feel like we, we used to not want to do or didn't like as much, or we just said like, it was the stuff that we put off to the back burner because of it was much more admin heavy or repetitive. I feel like those are the things and tasks that AI is taking over. So do you feel like right now, if someone is maybe worried about that, this would be the time for them to jump in, learn as much as they can, see how it can be a partner? Do you think that's going to be, because I've heard several say, it's not replacing the manager's job or it's not replacing, but it will replace the manager that knows how to use it, the manager that is forward thinking. What's your thought on that? Yeah. Um, try to be on the forward thinking side of it because everything and anything, technology is cyclical, like resident behaviors isn't always going to be the same. Not everybody's going to respond the same way to AI. But right. I do see that knowing how to use some of these advancing technologies is going to be extremely important to know because um it adds like essentially not necessarily a two person staff. It's like a person and a co-pilot. Yes. You, employees can be equipped with co-pilots that can guide them on their everyday practice, company policies, procedures, and knowing how to just navigate and have that assistant with you while you manage a property or maintain a property. Yeah. Thinking, thinking of it as an assistant. I love that as it's, as your co-pilot. That's great. This has been such a great conversation. Is there anything we missed that we should have talked about? One of the things I'll probably say is we're coming into a unique scenario in terms of, I think eventually AI generated content will replace human generated content. And so that's going to pose something different and unique because I, mean, I don't think we'll, we've ever been in that place. And so people are going to want to know, like, how do we know the AI generated content is accurate and true? Because eventually... AI will be learning from AI and then we'll have a little, a scenario of implosion because only from 2021 and prior where everything was majority human-based content is going to be looked at as like the premium quality of information that your AI models were built off of. That I didn't even think of it. That is so like matrix meta, like my brain cannot even handle thinking about yeah. what is happening with content from 2021 on. And then yeah, I mean, people, I don't know if it's a theory, but I think it's called, I think it's AI implosion, but it's basically like you, you don't want your large language model could be corrupted if it starts learning from itself rather than humans. And so that's why OpenAI is like the king because it has the biggest, best data set and likely whatever AI generated, it isn't going to be included. John, this has been such a great conversation. I am going to continue to follow your lead and see what you're doing. And I want our audience to keep up because I feel like you're always sprinkling in the practical. Where can people find you? 
They can find me on LinkedIn at John GNZZ. I post on LinkedIn and I am like a social media influencer, but on different topics. But I love, I love sprinkling in some social media knowledge as well. So on TikTok, Instagram, I'm John GNZZ as well. And so if you ever want fragrance reviews, I'll also post fragrance reviews on TikTok. I feel like I'm going to have to include one of those in our blog. So if you're cool with that's they're so good. I think people should see and know that you're TikTok famous. So Mm -hmm. this is just, that's the other side of you that people need to get to know as well. Yeah. Surprisingly, AI isn't great at writing TikTok scripts or short form video content. And I've wrapped my head around it. And I think it's probably just the timing and the newness of like how fast that short form video content script and that writing, which might be more generational style of like how a specific like Gen Z or Gen Y speak and the way we narrate stories. I feel like AI may not pick that up. You could probably train it too. But not yet. It's not Not, there yet. It's not there yet. It hasn't, I feel like, yeah, you really still have to go organic on those short form videos if you want something to do. Tried. Yeah. I want to pick your brain on that like a whole nother episode. Cause I've been watching some of your stuff and I feel like you've got such a good way of capturing your expertise there as well. And I'm sure that's been a lot of trial and error and seeing what works. But to me, this is more just an overall picture of how you're multifaceted in really just your approach to marketing, technology, communication, all of it wrapped into one. So I'm thankful that I was able to learn a lot from you today and keep learning. And I just want to thank you for taking the time to be on with me today. Thank you. I'm happy to be on.